0: this is meet the movie press it's november the 1st 2019 i'm not quite sure how we got where but this is where we are on the show this week star wars changes jumanji the next level trailer robert evans remembered plus terminator dark fate mother brooklyn and the irishman reviewed and the box office stay tuned
1: welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies and now Here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. This
0: is Meet the Movie Press. It is November the 1st, 2019. We have a lot to get through. My name is Simon Thompson. Uh, You can find me on social media at ShowbizSimon on Instagram and Twitter. You can also see my work in many, many places, (laughs) including Forbes. Uh, With me on the panel this week, Scott and Rama. Scott, welcome back. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, Good. Generally, a few bumps in the road this week. But, you know, I'm okay. I'm here. It's all good. We're going to have fun. We are going to have fun. I'm really looking forward to this, and I really need this this week, so thank you so much, guys. Um, Scott, for those people who don't know who you are and where they can find your work, can you please tell us who you are and
1: where we can find your work. Sure, you can find me over at weliveentertainment.com. I am the other editor-in-chief, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott m
0: And we are absolutely honored. To have Rama on the show, <laughs> personally, genuinely, no bullshit. You are one of the hardest working journalists in the field oh right God, now, yeah. doing thank some you. genuinely insightful work and genuinely adding important stuff to the industry. So, first of all, thank you for
2: that, and thank you. I'll get you the money afterwards. Thank yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was. Was
0: it twenty five or twenty? I can't. Ima- I can't remember. But either way, that dollar bill's mine, yo. Uh, but, uh, so, Rama, for people who don't know who you are and yeah. the where you're doing your brilliant work Uh, who are you please and where can we see your work
2: yes I'm a film critic entertainment journalist and you can see my work on YouTube youtube.com slash Ramascreen1 and follow me on Twitter at Ramascreen
0: and seriously if you are out there and looking to hire someone who has genuinely original insight and a really unique voice Rama is the guy that you need to contact he is seriously one of the greatest up and coming shining lights he's been doing this for a number of years hasn't had the coverage that he deserves and absolutely deserves it so if you're hiring Rama is someone you should be definitely looking at. Okay, let's talk about the stuff this week. Of course, a big part of the show is you guys who are listening to the show or watching the show live. Uh, Xeno Hour already in the chat on YouTube. Hello BlackRock316. Good morning, everyone. Good morning BlackRock. Uh, Glamory, Hey all. Hey all. Uh, Kame Egan. Good morning, movie fans and other fans, of course. We don't discriminate here. Uh, Kame, good morning to have. Thanks to have you back in here and Glamoury as well. Uh, maybe supporting non for Wesley Snipes. People already talking about Dolomite, which dropped on Netflix the other day. We can briefly talk about that later in the show if we have time. I have seen it. I'm sure everyone else has. But First of all, there were some Star Wars changes this
1: week!
0: It's never quiet in that Star Wars no. universe these days. What oh, what could be happening next? Um, OK, so changes this week. Uh, Game of Thrones directors uh, David Benioff and D.B. Vice are no longer making their Star Wars trilogy, which apparently was going to explore the origins of the Jedi. Um, so, first of all, let's talk about the fact that David Benioff and D.B. Vice, when they were hired in the first place was quite controversial and now them leaving the project has also caused quite a stir um, rama first of all your thoughts on this
2: yeah uh well first of all as a fan of star wars franchise i'm kind of relieved you know there're just too many too often that mm-hmm. is these movies and I, I think I told Scott this in our conversation that it kind of killed the, the fandom and the anticipation. Because like, oh, yeah, there's going be another Star Wars next month anyway. So <laughs> as opposed to how it was back then, we were like, have to lo- wait in long lines, wait for months for or years for a movie to arrive. Uh, so I'm, I'm relieved. That's my, my reaction to this news. And um, But I kid around when they got hired. I was like, wow, Game of Thrones guys is going to make Star Wars movie? So what they're going to amp up the sex and the violence in Star Wars? Like, that's going to be pretty good. Right. <laughs> that's the only thing that uh, kind of crack up about. But also I mean when it,
0: you know being behind Game of Thrones, the narrative of Game of Thrones was particularly good in the arc that they created with that show. Yeah. And I think that's something that is fundamentally lacking in Star Wars where it's more driven by lore than narrative arc. Scott, your thoughts on this?
1: No, I I completely agree and it's it's interesting because I think with Disney movies in general, we mm-hmm. don't really hear that much backlash about, like, directors or writers leaving. But for some reason, the Star Wars franchise mm-hmm. is starting to get a ton of that. Yeah. You know, we, we will never forget the whole solo incident that happened. You know, and would that movie be a lot... I know some of us on, on this panel really like that movie. Yeah. But, like, would the movie have been a bigger success? Would it have had a totally different tone to it if the original people who were brought on... If they were able to stay on. And with this one now, there's already so much like back and forth about whether or not Johnson should even do this trilogy and whether he's right for Star Wars. This kind of makes me think like maybe they should reconsider this entirely and like maybe, I don't know, go a different route and maybe do some of those original stories from the comic books or all the books. Yeah. Something different.
0: I mean, maybe they should, but ultimately this is a huge cash cow uh, for Disney. It's a huge cash cow uh, for Lucasfilm and everybody who has a finger in this pie. I, th- I think the anticipation and fan anticipation elements of this have kind of soured a bit. And Solo Solo's a great example where, at the time when Solo came out, there were so many hardcore fans who boycotted it after uh, The Last Jedi. Um, and I know of people, and I see this all the time on social media, where they're like, ah, fuck it. They give in and they watch Solo, and they're like, actually, do you know what? Even though that's not the movie that was intended to be made in the first place with the people that were meant to make it, the movie's actually not terrible. I personally, I've watched it a number of times. I really enjoy it. I'm also a big fan of the other side stories that we've had. I just do wonder if, as as Rama said, you know, if, if it doesn't go away, you can't miss it. And right. like with these Disney live animation movies as well, you know there's one around the corner. And when you're laying out trilogy after trilogy and TV shows and brand extensions and all this stuff, you can, even the most diehard fan has to decide where they put their time and their money because we only have so much of it. Mm-hmm. And you can keep putting stuff out there, but ultimately, and this is going to be the next point... Um, it, it, you have to get people in those seats. And, and from stories this week, um, Rise of the Skywalker, which is coming out... We're talking weeks away now. Yeah. You know, it's really not a, not a long time. Uh, tracking for the lowest opening of a, of the sequel trilogy um, at the moment. And I do wonder if... There's an element of, rather than anticipation, there's an element of resignation by the fact that people know they'll go and see this movie, but they're not driven to go and see this movie. It's almost like dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Rami, your thoughts on this?
2: Oh, I, I agree. It's um, I, I forgot what other franchise that I feel the same way about. That you know, Well, I mean, like, the Wizarding
0: World of, of Harry Potter, yeah. uh, you know, obviously the Harry Potter movies, and then obviously we've got Wizarding World, and there is still a massive, you know, love for for JK's work. But people just aren't turning out for it you know? Yeah, I got to the point where like, yeah, might as well. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's simply not enough to get yeah. enough asses in seats yeah. and putting over that. It's cuz it's not it's we get to see movies for free. Yeah. You know, but we sometimes have to shell out for them and when we do, we know it's not cheap. It is expensive to go to the movie theatres. Yeah. So people do pick what they're going to go and see. Um, if, I mean, if, uh, uh, Go ahead. No, but on the box office, yeah. are you surprised that this could be the lowest of the trilogy? Have they I
2: overextended this? I'm not surprised. I, I heard about that. That might be the lowest. Uh, but to also piggyback, if I may, to the earlier point sure. that both of you made, uh, especially Scott... Where Colin Trevorrow, right, also left episode nine, yeah, and uh, yeah. so and uh, Josh Frank was some other reasons as well. So when they said that, oh, it was because Netflix wanted the Game of Thrones guys to just focus on Netflix stuff, I kind of have, has, you know, I was like, really? It might just it might come down to creative dis- differences again with Kathleen Kennedy. It seems like the Lucasfilm, like, you know, you do it our way or the highway. So um, that's another thing too, like, uh, you know. Busting out th- these many Star Wars movies in, in such short period of time, it runs the risk of, uh, like, lowering the quality of the storytelling, mm. you know. So, and after Last Jedi, I'm, I know a lot of fans were just like, that was the last Star Wars movie for me. That I just hated that one. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: and I think, like, it kind of goes back to what we've talked about a lot on this show is that uh, the differences in stories and characters – when you have something like a Marvel or a DC, there's so many characters and, and, and storylines that they can go with. Mm. With Star Wars, it always seems like they're going back to the, basis. Mm. You know, the basics. I mean, And it just seems like it's the same old thing over and over again. Even with some of the changes that fans don't like, I, I just feel like the general idea is always the same. And yeah. it becomes tedious and monotonous and repetitive. And when it comes to big screen movies, you know, there's so much to choose from nowadays. We're on content overload, both on streaming and also in the theaters. Yeah. I mean, like this week, what do we have, like five, six movies opening? Yeah. You have to really make your movie stand out and you have to do something different. And which is why people love Joker so much because it's different and it's not the same.
0: And these movies are opening in theaters against movies that are now opening right. or being <laughs> big pushes where you don't even have to put pants on. Yeah. You know, you can get down for breakfast, you can have your PJs on, and you can stick on My Name is Dynam- Dolomite.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know?
0: Um, who you know? Who, by the way, Dolomite is his name, and fuck it up motherfuckers yeah. is his Just game. game. <laughs> uh, which someone, so, I was at a party on Monday night for Motherless Brooklyn, and I was talking to Eric Weber yeah. from Awards Ace, and we were trying to remember what Dolomite's—it's not Star Wars related, by the way—what Dolomite's <laughs> catchphrase was, and. It suddenly came to me, we couldn't remember it, and they suddenly came to me just as someone with the canapes walked past. And there I was, talking about Dolomite is my name and fucking motherfuckers is my name. And they would obviously probably not have seen Dolomite. And they were like, why is this little white man calling himself Dolomite and talking about fucking motherfuckers who looks like he couldn't open a cereal packet? What is going on? So that was quite funny this week. But I think also with, with, with Star Wars, I think... Extending these films into trilogies or developing these as trilogies and living in the day that we are with the way that fans can feed back and spread their feedback and their thoughts on it. The thing is, when you do a trilogy where you commit a number of characters, if there is backlash amongst those characters and you have to carry them through two and three movies, there is an element of baggage, and sometimes positive and sometimes negative, that comes along with that. And so people decide a long time in advance that if they don't like, you know, a character, then they're not going to go and see the next one, or they're outraged because this character's been introduced. And I think so... It would be better, I think, going back to do individual movies where there are some characters that return, but you don't see these characters in this arc over a longer time. Just because, I think, with content, with audiences, the way the audiences react and interact and give their thoughts and feedback on these things, I don't know if that's the best path forward for the real, continued, viable success of franchises like Star Wars and other ones. I mean, is that even... Is that something you guys have thought about, or
1: you know? I agree with that. I, I also just want to point out that, like, I don't hate Star Wars. No, I, I just really enjoy I, it. I think like the recent stuff has just been very average, which is why I think I'm getting the fatigue from it. It's like yes. if you do something that's like different and wowing, you know. And this this is funny because I think you saw part of it, right? The Mandalorian. Mm. This is what they're doing. They're doing something different with that. To me, I'm wondering to myself, like, why are you using a streaming service to do something different with this franchise as opposed to the big ticket? Yeah. You know, on the big screen. You know, that you want to make movies that are supposed to be experienced on the big screen, and yet you're doing some of your better work on a stream. I mean, again, I haven't seen this yet, but from what I hear so far, that's going to be like the things that people want. That's, no. that's what fans want, and, you yep. know. And the thing is that it's the audiences are
0: funny. I've had this certainly from a client side when I've been creating content. There are so many people that want something different, and then when you give them something different, like the Last Jedi was very different to a number of the Star Wars films, you know. And then they go, "I don't like, I don't like different. I want the same." And it's like and we've seen this with other things, like Hangover. It's like, then Hangover 2, you get the same, basically, movie, just to put somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, and then they go, okay, we'll give you something different. The third one's like, well, we want more of the first one. It's like, what the fuck? Can, <laughs> do, you, what, do you want the same, or do you want different? Do you want new, or do you want old? But when we're talking about the current trilogy, and even, um, let's forget about the prequels for, for a while, but if you remember, when Empire came out, people were not happy. With mm. that, because it was like a different kind of stuff. They just wanted Pew Pew Star Wars, <laughs> and they got something that was deeper, more cerebral, something darker. And then with Return of the Jedi, they were like, What's with the fucking teddy bears? And so people were pissed off. So let's not pretend that, you know, when people go, oh, the reverential first trilogy, it's not like audiences didn't have problems with the first three Star Wars movies. But
1: the second Star Wars movie ultimately became the fan favourite.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, and that and that often happens where movies are maligned when they come out or are seen as disappointments and then, you know, t- 10, 15, 20 years later, you finally get to realise exactly what you had. So that does happen with a lot of things. But no, you are absolutely right with that. People in the chat talking about this... Uh, Let's have a look. Uh, Kame saying, love your plaid shirts. I have a lot of plaid shirts, I'll be honest with you. Um, they're pretty much the only thing I buy. Uh, Xenobar, um, I love Game of Thrones and Star Wars, but my God, both fandoms are toxic. They can be toxic, yeah, but I think most fandoms can, to be a, to be honest with you. Uh, Kame Egan, I'm not surprised. Uh, DBDBW, that's easy for you to say, uh, dropped from Star Wars, uh, because they have too much on their plate with the Netflix deal, and I think the bar was too high for them. Um, I think elements of both of those are true, certainly from, from my point of view. Uh, Pocket Rocket Raccoon uh, they should reboot The Last Jedi I, know, I like The Last Jedi, I know, so fucking <laughs> sue me. Uh, Pocket Rocket uh, reboot the sequels, make it all a dream inside Ray's head or, I don't know, here's something make something original right? and yeah, then man, we can just y'all. keep watching the same movies that we've had already because they're, you know, <laughs> let's, they're fine uh, I think Lucasfilm should focus on TV for Star Wars and create brand new film franchises for a little bit. I don't see that, that I think is too much of a financial risk when you consider what their returns are on Star Wars right now. I don't see that happening Immediately, Uh, Pocket Rocket, at the end of episode nine, Ray uh, walks up to Jakku and says, Oh, my God, it was all a dream. I can actually see that happening uh, in that voice, by the way, uh, which is my best Ray impression. Uh, Zeno out. I have deep respect for Kathleen Kennedy. However, there's always a however. Uh, There wasn't a settled plan for the Star Wars universe. She made mistakes, and now she's a victim of negative perception. Yeah, I mean, Kathleen is she often comes in for a lot of this ire, and she is a woman in a very male-dominated industry where she's had to be really fucking firm and really clearly pitch out what she wants and why she wants it. And that's the way that she... I mean, she's married to Frank Marshall, who is the male equivalent of Kathleen Kennedy, where he is a guy who is like... I mean, they're both top of the fucking tree when it comes to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. So they... I mean, but even people who know what they're doing and these people do... Even people who know what they're doing make mistakes. And every great director has a bomb movie every now and again. And every great franchise has a shitty entry. And not every IP that you'll take and you'll convert into a film will be a successful IP. Some work and some don't. Some things are just just part of life. But she comes in for particular criticism a lot. And I'm not going to defend Kathleen because she can look after herself. But I do think she gets an unfair amount of ire from certain areas who think that she should be doing what they want and not what she thinks is right for the franchise or the business. And ultimately, it's up to her. Yeah. She's the one that's carrying, you know, the, the responsibility and the liability for this failing. And she's not going to come out and pretend that things haven't worked. She's well aware of that. She's not an idiot. So, do you think she comes in for an unfair amount of ire? And we'll move on
2: from Star Wars in a second. <laughs> and remember, Ryan Johnson's giving us three more Star Wars movies, too. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously, we should get twofers on this.
0: They sh- they should do, with-, with movie theater chains, like, you know when you go and buy a coffee and you go back to the same coffee place and you have, like, a reward card? They should do that with Star Wars movies. <laughs> it's like, if you buy, if you see these movies, then you get, like, your next Star Wars movie free.
2: Oh, yeah. Just yeah.
0: saying. <laughs> But do you, I mean, first of all, Rama, do you do you think Kathleen yeah. comes in for an unfair amount of ire?
2: Yeah, I I don't think it's fair to just kind of blame it on just one figure yeah. on on any aspect of life. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it does. There's always a disconnect sometimes when it, what, what with, with what the Lucasfilm wants out of Star Wars franchise and what the fans want out yeah. of it. So there's no pleasing both sides sometimes. So I I don't know what the answer to it to that is. What do you think, so, Scott?
1: I mean, I I think. The problem doesn't stem from her, per se. I think it's the whole background of what they want. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that they evolve with the times over there. Mm. I feel like they're mm. very stuck with what worked in the past, and they're hoping that they can continue to do that and expect the same kind of reaction and magic from it. Yeah. Which I, is I difficult think af- to replicate. I think, I think they're afraid, because it's just... You know, what we've learned over the, late, the years is that as much as people complain that they want the same, in, in the end, they really do want change, especially when it comes to entertainment. Mm. People don't want stale entertainment. They don't want stuff that they've seen before, even though they say they do. Mm. Because once they get something that's different and it's good, then they're like, oh, we want more of this. Yeah. So that's something that I think Star Wars in general needs to learn.
0: I think that's a really good point, actually. Mm. Uh, Yash in the chat saying, I don't know about her ability. Kathleen uh, has produced all of Spielberg's greatest works uh, E.T., Jurassic Park, uh, Back to the Future. You might have heard of some of these movies. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> Amy Pascal uh, getting dragged feels similar to what's happening to Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, Yash, oh, yeah. Uh, all of Amy's decisions are literally why Sony Pictures is, is afloat. Kameh uh, Egan, I-, I would like to see a deep, darker Star Wars delving into more character development. And do you know what? I would like to, too. Me, too. But. There's a huge part of the audience that, that they would hate that. And sometimes when we get that delivered by Last Jedi, which was darker than we've seen with some of the movies, um people rejected it. Too dark. How come
1: how <laughs> come no one ever just <laughs> goes points. how come no one ever goes back to just the simple fact that the, the characters are not as good?
2: In Last Jedi? Yeah, yeah. yeah. like no,
1: a... just in general. In, oh, this general new, okay. in this new trilogy, like yeah. like let's just let's just have some real talk and just admit that these characters are not as strong as the original yeah, characters. Ray, yeah, Raven. Yeah, God
2: like, Cameron. they're just... They're
1: they're they're extensions of those original characters, yeah. but not nearly as convincing or likable. And I mean, I know, like, people... You know, again, I'm not saying this that, that we can't have a diverse Star Wars. I'm not saying any of that. It's just that... You know, it was funny because like it's got nothing
0: to do with the color of no, that skin. It has nothing to nothing do with to them. Do with it, that. It's
1: just that are is the actor right for the role. Mm. And like, so you know, all the controversy I remember hearing about this is that you know Finn and Ray have no chemistry. Oh. Finn and the, and the poor Asian girl who was in the in the second. Oh, last, Kelly Tran. Yeah. yeah, like who they I don't liked, have, who they don't have chemistry. Like, but it's just funny. Like everyone talks about like, oh, these characters don't. They they just seem like they're blank, or mm. they don't they don't fit the the material. Mm. I can see that. So like. You know, maybe that's a bigger problem. Maybe these 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 actors are not sold on the material. Yes, of course. Who's gonna Who's gonna turn down a Star Wars paycheck at the end of the day? Honestly, no one. No one. <laughs> no one. But <laughs> even if they're not right, they're still not going to turn it down. No, one hundred percent. They're going to literally look at it and say, "You
0: know what? I'm going to do my best." That call comes through. Congratulations! <laughs> You're going to be Droid MNMOP. Yeah. Great. When do I start?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, it's great. It's got no lines, and unfortunately, is the most hated droid in the galaxy. So Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's a really, really good point there. Uh, we're going to move on from this in a second, but a really interesting point uh, from uh, Pocket Rocket Raccoon. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown. Mm. Uh, which is very <laughs> true when it comes to this kind of thing. Okay, let's move on. Uh, big trailer dropped yesterday. Uh, Jumanji, the next level trailer. Ah. Uh, the gang gets out of the jungle, uh, was the headline from Slash Film. Uh, Jumanji was a movie, when I saw the first trailer for that first film, I thought was going to be an absolute abomination. It looked truly, (laughs) truly terrible. I thought it was going to ruin the career of The Rock or put a severe dent in it. I thought it was a mistake for, for, for Kevin Hart. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, Jack Black and Karen Gillan. If you had one big shot at Hollywood, I think this was going to be a bad more. I was so wrong. That was a great movie. Can lightning strike twice Off the back of this trailer, which I'll admit, I enjoyed. I did have fun with it. It didn't blow me away, but I enjoyed it. Can they replicate that success in a time where sequels to hugely popular movies are struggling to recapture what they had the first time around? We've seen it a number of times this year. Zombieland Double Tap, Secret uh, Secret Life of Pets 2, Mm. countless other examples, uh, Fantastic Beasts about this time last year. Can they recapture this? First of all, Rama. I,
2: I love the trailer for Jumanji, The Next Level. <laughs> for the same reasons why you do too as well, probably. Uh, so, I And I love the first movie, the 2016 one, because um, I had the same concern, like, oh my God, Robin Williams is such a classic. But they reimagine it in a way that, uh, you know, uh, it kind of makes it a sequel, but it's kind of fresh take about it. And one of the concepts that I love is the Avatar and that, that's why I, why I think the sequel is going to do well as well because now it's Danny DeVito that's playing Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> Danny, Danny Glover's playing. Uh, so it kind of gives or challenges the actor to give us something you know new mm-hmm. uh, as far as their performance goes. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: I I'm with both of you guys. Um, honestly, I had the exact same reaction that Simon did when I heard about the first film and I saw the marketing for it. It's just like. <laughs> What, what is this? And, and why is this? Yeah. And I was so shocked when I went into the theater to see it and how much I just enjoyed it. This is fun family entertainment. Just really engaging and creative and different. And the sequel, you know, I'm going off the fact of how much I hated the trailers for the original. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at these trailers, I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, can they top it? It looks like they have. They really do. And and the fact that it there looks like based on the end of the trailer, yeah, that there's going to be some sort of gag that goes on where they're actually going to become the characters from the original maybe again. Nice. So I'm like really on board for this. And and I don't know about how you guys feel about this, but Jack Black made the first movie. Yeah. And now that I'm seeing him do like two or three different characters in this one, I'm. So
2: sold. so, I'm so I, I know we're going to talk about this also further, but it goes to why I also I also love Terminator Dark Fate because it's a, it's a, also another sequel, but there's a new spin to it. It's the, with a new future that's not Skynet and everything. Yeah. yeah. So with this, you, you manage the next level, it's like okay, these are the same guys, but they're different avatars. So we're gonna get you know different performances a little bit. So I like that.
0: I mean I, I I I'm very much looking forward to this. My my only concern and it's always a concern when it comes to things like this, is that sometimes some of the movie's best moments are in the trailer. Mm. So I'm I'm going to be very hopeful and think that these are just the the ones to really get you engaged and it's not going to be a lot of the big moments because Zombieland Double Tap which I really enjoyed a lot of the really good moments and the really good surprises in that film were already either in the trailer or certainly sort of you know led into in the trailer and it kind of it kind of ruined that a little bit for me even though I ended up really enjoying the movie I think a lot of it would have been better if I'd have had just seen that for the first time so I have, I have these concerns. I'm always sort of a little bit reticent with this stuff. But it is a movie that I am genuinely looking forward to. And I'll be honest with you, when you're looking at end-of-the-year Star Wars and you're looking at end-of-the-year Jumanji, Jumanji is the one that I'm most looking forward to.
1: (laughs) Me too. As a great,
0: you know, just a laugh out loud. And There are only a handful of experiences this year where an audience is really, without... Without the, oh, look at me, I'm laughing at a movie, I'm so clever because I work in film. Um, genuine, you know, gut laughs was Toy Story 4 this year, yeah. where people just forgot the, the wankery of the industry. And they just like, this is a funny film and I'm going to laugh at it authentically. I'm not going to sit at a premiere and go, ha! When I think, you know, some someone thinks I should be funny. You know, look at me, I found a joke funny. Oh, well done, what do you want, an apple? Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean this for me is Jumanji's gonna be one of those movies where it's just gonna be, okay, let's take let's take off this cloak of industry wankery and let's just enjoy this movie as a good popcorn movie. I'm really I'm very much looking forward to this movie. Me too. Um mm-hmm. do you think they're already planning a third?
2: Oh, I, I would yeah. put money oh, yeah. on a third. Oh, yeah. oh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. No, I I think certainly, even if this does as well or almost as well as the second one. Um, I I think at the moment, I think it could certainly match it with no problem at all. A a lot quicker than the first film made its money. And I would be amazed if they don't announce a sequel like first week of January. Uh, Jumanji
2: Game Over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, but then what will The Rock do with that five spare minutes of time? <laughs> he will obviously build another company, because that's what he does. That man eats, sleeps, and shits success. Uh, okay, uh, Yash, talking about Jumanji outside of Jack Black. I don't care about Jumanji too. very interesting. Uh, which, was the f- uh, the, uh, which is why the first movie was successful, talking about the first Jumanji. Oh, BlackRock316, I think if people will see the sequel to Jumanji if they can't buy a ticket to see Star Wars, I think it'll be people will be heading out specifically Me to too. see Jumanji. And I think what's interesting with the sequel is the fact that I think a lot of people assume that Jumanji was was effectively an elevated kids movie. And mm. I think a lot of adults went to see Jumanji and and got it as a as an, a slightly more mature, slightly more knowing, informed and deep I mean it's not deep. This is not you know, Nietzsche of cinema. But it's, you know, it's a deeper level. There's It's a movie that, yeah, it sure, it's for families, but there's also a lot of stuff in there for adults to go along and in, enjoy it as well. Uh, whereas some people might have seen the original Jumanji as a kids movie. Right. So we'll see. Um, okay, so we're going to, yes, we Goldman Vision, Terminator, uh, Terminator Dark Fart. We are going to get to Terminator <laughs> later on uh, and how it's done in previous. Uh, some other news we need to talk about. Uh, this, is, uh, this is why Goldman doesn't work in marketing. Uh, okay, a, uh, Sad loss this week uh, in the industry. Um, Robert Evans, uh, who is a legendary producer and studio head behind... It's funny, the same two movies kept coming up, The Godfather and Chinatown. Uh, He unfortunately passed this week at at 89 uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, Robert Evans is... Rama and I were talking about this just before the show. His resume across TV and film is staggering um he was someone who left studios and went back to studios to try and breathe new life into them where they were really kind of struggling especially paramount in the in the 90s after Mm. the boom days of the 80s the movies like beverly hills cop and stuff like that and they had this lull in the 90s where they really wanted to find some some sort of new things that they thought were going to carry them forward Uh, did you ever see the documentary about robert evans a couple of years ago
2: no
0: Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, and again, there are books written about Robert too. But from a from a film fan's point of view, um, are there any of Robert's works that kind of really stood out to you? Scott, first on this.
1: Um, I have to go way back when to Barefoot in the Park. Great movie. Yes, that's an incredible <laughs> film. It's such a simple comedy, yeah. right? Just like people moving into an apartment and all that fun stuff and just going up the st- like. I can't tell you how much I laughed at people carrying furniture up the stairs. Mm. Like, how simple that is, but yet how effective it was. Such a great film. It's funny. It's,
0: it's one of the movies that d- didn't get mentioned a lot when people were writing these, these passes uh, about, about Robert this week. Uh, Rama...
2: Yeah, uh, I have to go with The Phantom. (laughs) I mentioned to you earlier before the show, I I was surprised to find out that, oh my goodness, Robert Evans produced The Phantom. When I was a kid, you know, because when you were a kid, everything seemed awesome, and The Phantom was like, oh my God, this superhero, big stuff. And that was Catherine Zeta-Jones, you know, uh, pre-Zorro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pre-Oscar win. So, um, and of course, you know, the same uh, impression I got when I watched Flash Gordon or Spawn. It was just a big deal for me when I was a kid. So the Phantom was...
0: I remember going to see The Phantom in a movie theater and I was the only person in that movie theater.
2: <laughs> it's great. It's one of those
0: movies that came out around that time where there were so many movies that now we look back at and we reappreciate that at the time were just, oh, yeah. you know, derided and overlooked and <laughs> and terrible. But also, I mean, Robert's Robert's influence on on filmmakers and producers. I mean, he really he he brought something to the industry that was kind of a unique perspective and a unique modeling for the industry in the projects that he picked up. And he went on to influence so many people. And even now, you know, towards the end of his life, he was still he even though he wasn't sort of working as as much, um, he was still seen as a, as a go to guy at 89. And when you're 89 in the industry or, or you know, it, 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 past your 70s and you're still considered to be a tastemaker and someone who's pushing for change and doing things differently, when so many people in the industry are looking for for people who are in their 20s to try and sculpt things it's it's not there aren't many people like robert in the industry who are Decade were decades ahead, and are now decades ahead of where we are. But still, are still pushing forward. I mean, do you think the industry needs more people like Robert, who have uh, not only the the knowledge but also the foresight to 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 have these kind of ideas? I I
1: don't think you can create that. Right. I think he, you know, I think he was he was kind of born into the industry, and that he became an expert over the years. I think he, the one thing that about his filmography and all the movies that he helped, were that they were they were risky even at the time, yeah. You know, and they weren't the same. You know, he kind of dabbled in comedy and dramas and mm. you know all horror, other, yeah, and horror. I mean, movies, Rosemary's right? Baby, which
0: right. is one of my favorite films of all time, oh, yeah. at a time when horror was Hey, Hey, My Monster, <laughs> yeah. You know that was fucked up shit. Rosemary's Baby, when that came out,
2: scary shit.
0: Uh, yeah, Rami, your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah yeah I, I agree with Scott and um I'm I'm kind of I kind of envy the filmmakers and everybody that came to him for advice because it must have been like the most amazing thing to just get the wisdom from the old guard Robert Evans. Uh, so yeah, I, I we can always use uh, that these days.
0: And there was one movie that, that again, Rama and I were talking. I mean, just look as a producer. Let's just run through some of the movies in case people don't know. Oh, and yeah. seriously, it's it, it's over Halloween, so you can put your you know your, your compulsory horror movies away this weekend. Um, that everybody you know oh, pulls out.
2: Marathon Man. Yeah, yeah. Marathon
0: Man. Uh, Urban Cowboy. The Cotton Club. Uh, Sliver. If you're looking for a little bit of TNA <laughs> this weekend, uh, The Saint, terrible film, but I mean, still, there's a lot in that that I'm like, yeah, you know, I take my cap off to, to him. Uh, let's you know what uh, as as a head of production at Paramount, uh, Love Story, True Grit, The Italian Job, original, not Wahlberg, uh, Rosemary's Baby, The Detective, Odd Couple, Beth, in the Park, Scott yeah. mentioned uh, Plaza Suite, which is a fucking study. In, in in comedic cinema, yeah. if ever you needed one. Uh, Harold and Maud, The Godfather. You might have heard of Serpico. Yeah. Uh, the Great Gatsby, The Conversation. I mean, there are people who work in Hollywood for years who do not have a fraction right. of that resume. Not only films that are successful, that matter and change things and cause influence in the industry. Decades... After they were released, Robert Evans, uh, a tremendous wow. talent who, I know, it's, it genuinely is incredible. You look at it and you're like, huh. Well, but I mean, <laughs> even Robert had a couple of stinkers, oh, but, yeah. but Robert Evans, you know, uh, uh, a, a lost generation. And to the amazing the thing to point out
1: week. is that in a span of like, what, almost like less than 10 years, all those movies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Lazy. Yeah,
1: so uh, let's look at 1996 International Box Office
0: uh, is not what it was in 2019. It would have been a huge hit if it came out today. I think we're talking about The Phantom, uh, which starred Billy Zane. Not a lot of movies that aren't outside of red box that you see that in these days. Uh, I love the Billy Zane movie just for nostalgia reasons and how comics came into my life. That's from Yash. Uh, Yash, again, the Phantom comics were my dad's favourite comics in India. Interesting. I always find it interesting why certain comics things that are very linked to one culture, so American culture, comic books generally, when they do translate to other territories and how people engage with them and, and, you know, I mean, uh, rather than just a uh, sort of a a physical way of like seeing representation in a comic or on a screen, just kind of how they become part of culture, you know? I think it's always fascinating to me. Uh, Pocket Rocket Raccoon, I love Popeye. Uh, It should be more of a hailed classic. No.
1: I don't know
0: about but, uh, but Pocket Rocket Raccoon that's the wonderful thing about this show is you can have your own opinions and that's entirely fine there is no right and wrong <laughs> apart from when people say that Popeye should be more of a hell I'm kidding I'm kidding
2: reboot it no. yes
0: <laughs> um, and, and yes saying the diversity of films is amazing ah. from Robert Evans and yeah it is and when you look at things like we talk about diversity a lot you know whether it's uh, sort of you know titular or narrative or, or representation these days. seriously Robert Robert was someone who was embracing that kind of thing and putting different types of people, uh, Harold and Maud, young and old, you know, uh, May to December kind of relationships and people of color and, in, in, you know, in, in, in big roles in comedies and, you know, stuff like that. He, he really was a, a, a groundbreaker. So, um you know, a a sad loss to to the industry this week. Uh, Let's also talk about uh, another story that many people were talking about, uh, certainly online this week. A lot of filmmakers uh, getting their their knickers in a twist uh, over this, understandably. Netflix uh, testing variable (laughs) playback speeds. Now... I mean, I, I, one, of the, one of the arguments from Netflix this week was like, but when you watch a DVD or a Blu-ray, you can watch it faster if you want. And it's like, well, yes, you can. You could put glass in your food if you wanted to, but I'd suggest that you don't.
1: Um, I, I mean, I, I don't... I didn't understand. I don't understand...
0: <laughs> is a good way of putting this. Scott, your thoughts on it. I have my own thoughts, but...
1: I I, I don't understand. I mean, when people typically use that feature, it's usually to get to a scene that they want to see. Yeah. If they've seen the movie before, and they want to cut through, I don't know, some talky parts or whatever you want to say. Yeah. But who the hell would watch a movie like that? I don't understand. Is it like is that for critics maybe who were like <laughs> saw it the first time and then they were like when they write the review they don't want to watch the movie again so they speed through <laughs> it you know and they're like oh yeah that scene was in there okay that was a shitty scene that was a great scene I don't know like I don't know what normal person would use this
2: no um, Rama yeah. um, mean- well. The, on YouTube, uh, I think the the appeal is that, especially for you know, people who I know who are friends of mine who are YouTubers, they love watching this with playback fast on uh, unboxing or uh, videos like that. There's no unboxing videos on Netflix. You know, Netflix are all just shows and, and movies, and it's a bit of an insult to the filmmakers and everybody who made the shows on Netflix because, like, wow, you're... Skipping all my stuff, or, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you no, know, we can do that too. It's called fast forwarding, <laughs> right? So I, I, don't, no. Um, when you try to take some or application from another platform, and because you think it's popular there, that's fine. But you know, make make sure it actually can apply to you as well, because. What you what, what what Netflix? The next thing you're gonna have Snapchat filter on? It's like there's no use on, the, on Netflix. The without.
0: Irishman with the, with the dog face <laughs> and exactly the right. ears. Yeah, <laughs> Joe jo, jo Pesci looking like I don't know,
2: like in RuPaul's
0: Drag Race. Yeah, it doesn't you're mean right. it can
2: work on you. Yeah,
0: I mean it. I just I honestly don't understand. I I I can only assume that people would use that feature because they don't have enough time and so they want to watch it faster. Yeah. But I also think it's a dangerous... I mean, aside from the fact that films are made a certain way because of that's how they are and that's you tell a story and you have a narrative. But also, I think we are we are at a time where people want to consume as much content as possible as fast as possible. But... By doing that, there you reduce the engagement, which reduces the value of anything that is created. And also, if you're watching at home, sitting there on your couch in your pants with your bag of Cheetos and your beer, and you've watched a movie at 1.5 times the speed, and then you go to a movie theatre, and oh... Dear God. Oh, do I have to watch the whole thing at the right speed? This is boring. And then you literally, you don't have any... It's like going to Muzo and Frank's in Hollywood and taking a fucking Big Mac.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's... You just... If you haven't got enough time, if a movie is two hours long and you don't have two hours and you don't get to watch the movie you find when you have two hours to watch the movie, you don't squeeze it into one hour, 35 minutes because your attention span is so short that you can't sit for two hours and watch a movie. I just think it, it, it it's a very dangerous precedent. I mean, this is not world ending stuff. I do realize no. that this is not <laughs> the end of the world. I just think it's shit.
1: Yeah. But I want to say like going back to his point, I, I didn't think about it until you brought it up. It's like, If they're using YouTube as kind of like the platform to base this off of, first of all, YouTube has so much content as it is. Mm. And there's so many different types of content. Like you were talking about unboxing videos. You have three-minute music videos. You have two-minute trailers. So much content, right? Mm. But the thing that I'm wondering is that the retention rate on their movies or on their shows, Mm. what they're noticing, so in order in order to get that retention rate up mm. are they thinking about incorporating this figure uh this 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 feature to get those figures up Yeah it's creating
0: a false positive effectively right.
1: Yes mm. cuz i mean isn't that what like a lot of people do on 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 on, on shows in general yeah. like i i i don't know if i should say this but I heard through the thing, and I don't know if this is true, but, like, one of the reasons why I think Collider started doing, like, shorter shows was because of the fact that the algorithm and the retention rate. Mm. So I don't know if Netflix is following because of all the algorithm changes that are going on with YouTube, and they're looking at that. Information which is publicly maybe, available, maybe, I and know. they're trying to compare that and put it in on their services and see what they can do. And again, I think that's a dangerous precedent. If that is the case, yeah, where where
0: where uh, content creators are doing that, it, it sets a very it sets again a very dangerous precedent yes. for that because you're you're creating content purely based on data and not content the focus is off what you're putting out there mm. and it's too much it's gone too much the other way. you you need to use data and you need to use stats and everything else to create successful content but when when the when the, the scale shifts where it's more about the math than what matters then it's kind of it's it's a very dangerous precedent. Uh, people in the chat are talking about this. Uh, let's have a little look at what they're saying about uh, TV shows. Uh, people are talking about Robert Evans. Yes, saying uh, Rosemary's Baby is a masterpiece. If you haven't seen that, uh, do do that. Um, Yash, if you watch The Office for the millionth time, you just want to get to the best parts. It's great, but you know what? You can buy a DVD. Um, Cammy Egan wanting to touch on something that I, I will mention the show, which wasn't in our rundown, but I think is a very important part this week. Um, uh, Yash saying oh, I intermittently like Titans, uh, the show is piss-poor. Okay, that's DC. Uh, I'm probably missing a what, What's happening with this feature exactly? Well, Yash, this feature is basically where you will have the option, if you want to, watch the content faster. So it's effectively hitting that first button on your remote on a DVD, so it's all sped up a little bit. Um, I, I just think, I mean, attention spans are, are short enough as they are oh, right yeah. now anyway. Mm. And I just don't think this... Also, you're not going to have the same watching experience as other people who are watching the show th- the same show in a different way i just think it's a very odd precedent and,
1: and this goes against netflix too like yeah. th- this is this is a bad decision for them when mm. i'm looking i know that the, i know if dimitri was here he have a whole thing to freaking say about this but like to me i i appreciate what Netflix has done in some ways of mm-hmm. disrupting the system. Okay? Like I know we all love going to the movies. I love going to the movies. I wouldn't trade it in for the world. No. But they they're doing something that's different. And one of the things that they also do that's different is that they give artists creative freedom. Yeah. And if you're going to go on that and then you're going to do this to them, they they don't care. Yeah. What you're what, what what you're giving them? If you're gonna give them the option where they can skip through their movies or their TV shows, they're not gonna have that because you're taking away their creative freedoms by doing that yeah, because insulting. you're posting uh, and it's insulting mm. and people should be watching it in the way that it's presented. And I think
0: also it's, it's a dangerous precedent for, for when we come to creating content because if you're a filmmaker, you kind of, you, the inclination is there like, well, I can leave it a little bit flabby because people will probably speed through it anyway. Right. I <laughs> mean, Kameh's saying Netflix shouldn't give people the option of speeding things no. up. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know whether you shouldn't give them the option. I just don't think just because you can, you should um you know uh, uh, Corey saying uh, why would Netflix care if you didn't finish a movie as long as they get their money at the end of the month that's all they care about yeah um but uh yash saying uh data is considered gold in today's economy it is uh but unfortunately uh sometimes the gold is not worth as much as you think it is uh communication companies consolidating media companies showing the exact something we don't see as consumers uh yes yeah, talking about uh jeff katzenberg sending out of ad dollars big business see something that we won't um yeah Kami saying and netflix shouldn't give people the option of speeding up the film because i think it takes away from the viewing experience it absolutely does um yes suggesting 10 minute episodes i don't that's we shouldn't we shouldn't start doing this because no. when you start going down this road you go ten, and then you go nine, and then you go eight, and then you go one, and it's, th- it, it, it's not good content, and this is why, aside from things like Vine, when you have things like Snap Stories or stories on uh, Instagram, they only stay around for a certain amount of time. They don't, you know, because they are that disposable, it is content that is relevant for an immediacy, and that's it and I, I just think it's a really dangerous precedent and i hope the industry even get to a point where people are saying if you offer this function on my films uh, i either do not want it on this offered on this product or i will not give you my film yeah and i think that's the only way that netflix are going to do a u turn on this yeah um, but I'm, it, it's I'm, sad Right, it, go on
2: i'm already i'm already not happy about the fact that there are shows on netflix that are weekly Instead of binge watching, (laughs) even with binge watchable. So I was like, there there are, uh, of all the features that you can add onto your platform, Netflix, really, this is the best you could do. Yeah.
0: Um it's it's a really good point actually. Um Kame Egan this is something I'm going to uh, swap in actually uh rather than talk about another story very quickly. Um what do you think of this is from Kame. what do you think of Delta Airlines editing movies for their flights? Uh I've seen a couple of people oh. tweeting about this. Uh, <laughs> there was there was
2: uh I hate Delta. No.
0: A, a person on uh, from EW uh, she was trying blank out I think it's uh, Shana or Shana. Uh she was saying uh she was on uh, a flight recently and uh, all the, the, the gayness was taken out of Rocket Man, um, And uh, Kame, is, uh, Kame is is uh, referencing Book Smart, which, again, has elements of gayness. Yes.
1: Um,
0: which I find really weird because, personally, it's like... If there's something that I don't want to watch because I'm not interested in it, not because I disapprove of it, I don't watch it. But even if you get... If you're sitting on a plane on Delta and you, you erase the gay... There are probably gay people on that flight, or you may encounter gay people in real life <laughs> who you you can't erase the gay away, right because they're still going to kiss, they're still going to have hands, they're going to do stuff that everybody else does. You can't avoid it. It's like if you don't want it's a, the movie's about a gay man. if you don't want gayness, don't watch Rocket Man. He's gay. You can't pretend yeah. Yeah. he's he's a celibate homosexual. Like he didn't have sex <laughs> with men. I, he, I don't. He, like, your he, thoughts on this, guys? I, you want to go yeah, first? Th-
2: that's why I, I don't fly uh, on planes where the, the movie is like the same for all the seats. Like <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> I want to just like my private movie in front of me. That's yeah. it. You know, so nobody else has to watch Rocket Man if they don't want to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean the thing that. I mean, I I know Olivia has been really, like, on this the last couple of days, and I feel bad because, like, there's a difference, I think, when you look at a movie like Rocketman and Booksmart, okay? So I'm just being honest. Like, the sexual situations in Rocketman are very extreme and, and kind of graphic, and I still think they should be shown. But when you cut out, like, a word like lesbian or, like, just talk about something yeah. like they did with Booksmart, that is next level. Like, because there you're editing sex. And I understand because maybe a little kid's on the plane next to you yeah. and, see, and seeing that. But when you cut out a word or a conversation where nothing is being shown, there's a problem.
0: But also, I mean, taking mm. Rocket Man as an example, I mean, the, 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 the gayness is limited. right. You know, um, an easily explainable away. I mean, two scenes that come to me is obviously there's a kiss. Uh, there's the scene in the bedroom, which is hardly virulent rimming. Right. You know, you you don't see anything. It's not like there are dicks swinging. It's really, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty tame. tame. Yeah. And then there's the blowjob by the pool. Right. Where you could explain, oh, he dropped his pen. You know, you don't have to, like going, Mummy, what's that man doing? Oh, but your child won't be watching Rocket Man. <laughs> but it's also, what did he do? Oh, he's he's flating a man. Yeah. You know, it's like, there is nothing, it's not, but also, there's nothing in there that is hardcore. But also, if you didn't want to see Rocket Man for whatever reason, because you weren't interested in it, or you didn't want the gayness... On a movie screen, or you didn't have it streaming at home, why do you suddenly get on a plane? And can I have my D gauge Rocket Man, please? You, you but actually, I, I, could be, I could be sitting next to them and next to kids on a plane with a tablet, and I'm watching Rocket Man with. All the sex and the kissing and the blowjobs that you don't see still in the movie, <laughs> yeah. and a kid can still see it, and you have no control over what I want. I could watch a porno on a plane,
1: and people have, and people have, and people have, because <laughs> I have been on an airplane where they have, yeah, <laughs> and it's like
0: it's not, it's not like you can't pretend, yeah, g- gayness doesn't exist, and I it agree. also opens a door. where do you then go with this do you then go well people might be offended by interracial kissing or well
1: this is what the problem is right <laughs> like the problem with it is is that it's not just sex like if it was sex and they were like cutting it out completely from everything yeah that would be understandable like because i'm getting it's like families you don't know who's around you but when you break it down and you're like you're just focusing on a certain type of mm. sex that's where this has become such a big conversation over the last couple of weeks yeah. because it's targeting and again we're supposed to be in a time of acceptance and understanding and being open to things and we're 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 basically hurt, hurting these people We're we're saying that you're not allowed to show that kind of sexuality. Yeah. That but, should not be in public forum, and mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's the problem.
0: Hate to break it to you. You've probably got a gay serving you your coffee oh, on the yeah, plane. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. They're out, they're absolutely. out there. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it could be a gay man. It could be yeah. a gay woman. You know, it could be... You know, they're just out there. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but it's also, it's kind of like... I, I genuinely so believe if I'm sitting on a plane and I'm watching Rocket Man, and there's a kid next to me <laughs> and they're watching How to Train Your Dragon Parabellum... Um, <laughs> They give more of a shit about how to train your dragon than going, what what are you watching? I'm watching a story about a 70-year-old homosexual (laughs) singer uh, and his quest for fame and his fight against addiction. I'll stick to the dragons yeah, yeah. I'll stick to the dragons I'm not going to so I, I just find the whole thing very weird but thank you so much for, for bringing that up uh, Kame actually my wife was had to fly to England uh, last minute yesterday um, uh, and uh, she was like what do I watch on the plane and I recommended Booksmart and she's uh, flying with Delta nice. and I didn't realise that they were going to edit out because lesbians don't exist in Booksmart yes. in the air <laughs> so in the air can anybody hear you be lesbian uh, it's crazy it's crazy uh, so a very interesting discussion there. I think that's going to come up again more in the future. Uh, the story I wanted to bypass very quickly, but I did want to give lip service to, uh, is uh, uh, the Batman director, Matt Reeves, has confirmed that mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright is going to be Commissioner Gordon this week. Uh, casting that was rumored, but personally, I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Scott Rummer, we agreed that that's really good. Wanted to just mention that. Okay, let's talk about movies that are coming out this week, but I also want to very quickly uh, look at the box office. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks uh, at the box office. <laughs> um, let, yeah, let's, let's just call it interesting. Uh, okay, so Terminator Dark Fate is. Is coming out this weekend. Uh, we've also got the Irishman yes. uh, limited release. We've got Motherless Brooklyn and a few other things. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate looks like it's going to take the box office this weekend. 38 million. Uh, Maleficent uh, Mistress of Evil, uh, 11.2. Uh, also, Maleficent uh, Misfire of Evil. Uh, Joker is likely to take third place. Harriet, fourth plate, which I'm quite interested. Uh, no. I'm quite interested to, uh, to, to, no. to see that. I don't think that's going <laughs> to no. be the case. I, I, I think lower skip, end of top skip. 10. Uh, and then box office merger <laughs> was saying Adam's Family in fifth place. Zombieland 2, double tap. Arctic Dog. Really, uh, the Lighthouse countdown and Black and Blue. I think that basically everything south of the Joker is kind of wrong. Yeah. Um, outside the top ten is, is where we're going to see uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Apparently, is debuting in uh, just over a thousand theaters, looking at uh, two point five million for its opening weekend. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. As I say, we're looking at about thirty this weekend, um, which uh, you know the Thursday previews were, were fine, but uh, you know not not monumental. Um, you know, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, anticipating a weekend of around uh, forty. One forty-eight kind of million some people are saying i think it's going to be closer to the to the 40 35 40 personally uh do you think that's right 35 40 or do you think a bit more or what do you think guys
1: i think it's going to go 35 40 yeah, yeah I, I i don't see with the mixed word of mouth on this movie i don't i think people have already kind of are burned out even though they try to do something new with this yeah I just think that this franchise is, is is almost got its one one robo arm in the
2: ground. Yeah, uh, Rama <laughs> for Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, yeah, I would say around that range. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, for me, I know you you, you quite have enjoyed it, but I think it was for me it was fine. Um, you I know, loved I, it. I don't think it was over. <laughs> you know, over exciting. Um, quite, you know, quite quite good. But it, you know, it is the best Terminator sequel. <laughs> Since Terminator 2, congratulations, by the way, for getting that on the campaign. That is, Scott Menzel, that is factually accurate.
1: Um, no, 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 no. I said, it's the Terminator film you've been waiting for. Oh, Do you mean the good one? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. uh, and it is, that is also
0: factually accurate, yes. because we have been waiting for it. Yes, clever wordplay it's amazing uh, i very happy for that one uh yeah so so terminated our fate coming out this weekend uh, we kind of talked about it on the show uh last week but uh you know a, a brief summary there we thought it was okay uh, i just want to talk uh top five arnie films oh, yeah. uh from both of you uh let's start with rama
2: oh yeah uh the f- uh, fifth one and going to the top the, my favorite uh, so the fifth one's end of days the movie oh. banked on Y2K Fear. Gabriel Byrne played one of the best on-screen satans ever, devils ever. <laughs> uh, number four is Predator. Um, the film's last 30 minutes with Dutch versus the Predator. I can watch that a thousand times over. There's that fight between the two of them. And um, uh, and of course the manliest handshake between Dutch and Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, as they flex. You son of a bitch. Dutch
0: the chopper. <laughs>
2: uh, number three is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. I always like this one better than the first installment, and it's the movie that my family watched together as a family. Oh, cool! We love it. Uh, so uh, number two is True Lies. Check your pick between Jamie Lee Curtis' sexy strip club dance (laughs) and Arnold chasing bad guys while riding a horse and the thrilling (laughs) helicopter on the highway in a jet plane scene. One of the best action films ever. Number one, my favorite Arnold movie ever, Commando. So many memorable one-liners here. You're a funny guy, Sully. That's why I'm going to kill you last. (laughs) And then later on, he said, I I lied. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So many over-the-top graphic violence. Like, he throws a machete, and the machete slices the guy's face off, literally, I was Love that movie! Love that movie! One of my favorite romantic comedies of all time. <laughs> there, come on,
1: Dave. Uh, Scott, your favorite five. All right, so I'm going to be the weirdo and actually say three of the comedies because okay. I, I I love twins. I, I yeah. think they're so good. Him and Danny to is your night, bro? Yeah, it's so fun. Um, I also will say Kindergarten Cop, of course, because who, not a who does who does not love that? Boys have a penis and girls and, have a vagina. <laughs> and the underrated christmas classic jingle all the way wow yes. yeah i love i watched that movie so many times Still growing hello. up yep phil hartman mm. and sinbad uh, the turbo man the turbo <laughs> man like, it's just it's funny because That movie, like, I remember my mom and my dad talking to me about, like, that is you every freaking year. You want this toy that's impossible to get, and I have to drive all over the freaking state to get it. And no one has it. So I I totally related to that movie because my parents would constantly tell me that story. Um, In terms of action movies, of course, Terminator 2 all the way. Um, My favorite um, Schwarzenegger movie is True Lies yeah i love true lies uh i probably burned that 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 vhs tape out on that i watched that over and over and over again between the sexy dance because you know that was during the time uh, <laughs> uh, the I time remember, yeah the time that's when you and, use and, your and, fast and, to and, get, and, to, and, get yeah, to the yeah, best mix rewind rewind yeah TNA yeah. 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 days uh, I yeah. remember those well. yes yeah. and uh, honestly uh, but the action is so awesome mm. and I love Tom Arnold in the movie oh, yeah yes. Tom Arnold is so great in that movie too Yeah, so
0: many movies you used to rent from the video store and it's like why is this bit of the movie worn out I know way yeah uh, okay my, my top five <laughs> in no particular order Uh Disappointed to hear that none of you said "Last Action Hero." Oh, I
2: love um, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's I a great. One. It's
0: often overlooked. Uh, it's understandable that it's not on many lists. Uh, Total Recall. No.
2: Oh. Uh,
0: okay. I was. It was for me. It was between uh, Predator and Total Recall, and Total Recall for me was such a. I remember when it came out, it was such a huge thing. Uh, T2 is in there. The great family film there that uh, the Rama <laughs> mentioned it brings the family together. It's related to, <laughs> it to your Judgment Day. Uh, Commando, for exactly the same reasons. I remember when that movie came out, and I watched it, and I was like. What the fuck (laughs) is that? And I, that's where my love of action movies started. It just, I had never seen anything like it, and to this day, it still makes me giggle like an idiot. I just love that movie, uh, and no love for the Running Man from you yeah, guys. Seriously, super, yeah. I think yeah. that is the Arnie that movie that, that I have rewatched the most times. Whenever I can't find anything to watch on any of the streaming platforms, somebody has the Running Man, and I love that movie. Who loves you and who do you love? <laughs> it's time to start running. It just, just an incredible movie. Just an incredible movie. Uh, if you haven't, based on a, um, a Stephen King short story, uh, which is great. Uh, okay, uh, very quickly, if I can just grab two more minutes on the show today, would that be okay, Jeff? OK, cool, awesome, thanks. Uh, I want to talk about some other movies coming out this weekend. Uh, OK, The Irishman uh, is in theatres this weekend. Uh, it's dropping on Netflix uh, in just under two weeks' time. Uh, OK, uh, your thoughts, first of all, on The Irishman, Rummer.
2: I loved it. It's Martin Scorsese returning to form, doing what he does best—you know, gangster films. Because I really did not like his previous film *Silence*, that was mm. kind of dreadful. And Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci in one movie together—that was the heavyweights. And you know, it's like a uh, like a fan going to a candy store for me. Interesting.
1: Um, you know, we talked about this at the premiere, and then I thought about it a little bit more. You know, you just don't see this type of filmmaking anymore. Mm. You know when. People always talk about like, oh, you know, what is he saying about Marvel movies? Like, you kind of see it when you watch this movie. Mm-hmm. This is classic storytelling and, and and building of these characters. It's not it's not rushed. It's, it takes its time, you know. And and I know that it's it's a it's a hard sit through for a lot of people, mm-hmm. including myself, and especially in uncomfortable seats in the theater. <laughs> but you know, I think it's it, it's great. I think the 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 storytelling and the characters. Are so wonderful. And the fact that Joe Pesci is going against type. And this is something that we haven't seen from Joe Pesci before. Yeah. And I think that's really special. And the, the filmmaking... It's just a love letter to all his work, mm. you know, all the stuff. Like, I I, I was talking to someone, I think it was Will, William Bibliani, and we were talking about this, and it's like, you know, it, it's kind of like that, that third sequel to Mean Streets and Goodfellas. Like, it's, it's a trilogy in a weird way. Yeah. And it just, it works as it's like swan song.
0: For me, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's Scorsese, it's Daenerys, Pacino doing what they do really well, yeah. but it's them doing what they do really well. I would have liked to have seen something a little bit fresh from them, but they they are all great. Uh, for me, The Last Hour was 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 a bit of a slog. Uh, I think, honestly, that could have been trimmed by, by 20 to 30 yeah. minutes, and the film wouldn't have lost anything. I think the whole thing could have been trimmed by 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, it's a movie that I'm looking forward to revisiting uh, when, when it hits Netflix. I want to do it in that environment as yes. well. I do recommend, though, if you can see it in a movie theatre, do go and see it in a movie theatre. You will get a numb ass, and don't buy a big soda, because you will need a <laughs> toilet break. Uh, but it's a movie that should be seen, and I'm very glad they made the it and, and I features. will agree
1: with you that it, it does need an edit. It needs it, it it, needs uh, a little bit. Know. How the fuck do you tell Marty right.
0: that I'm sorry you need to cut That's this the down because Scorsese's going to Scorsese.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that nursing, the nursing home scene went too long. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too many nursing home scenes. Um, but yeah, and also coming out this weekend talking about uh, similar movies that don't get made very often. Um, mm. uh, Motherless Brooklyn, oh. uh, Ed Norton's second uh, directorial <laughs> outing it has been 19 years since the last one. It's a movie he's been working on for 20 years. Uh, it's a movie based on a book that was set in the 90s They moved it to the 50s it's kind of a, a, a noir thriller there's lots of elements in this uh, Scott, your thoughts on this first of all
1: I know Rama strongly <laughs> disagrees with me on this movie but uh, I, I really enjoyed it and it was another film just like the Irishman where I you know the next morning when I woke up you know I walked out of it I was kind of like oh, okay that was fine. Next morning when I woke up, I was like, "Wow, this was like really well put together. Mm. You can tell that Norton really cared about the material and the subject matter, and it has, you know, there's a lot of layers to it." Yeah, it, it, it's. Yeah, uh, Gugu said when I did a, the interview with her, she was saying that like it's like a full meal, and it really is. It like, is. there's a lot to digest with this movie. Uh, I think it's really well made, and you know everyone was so worried about Edward Norton not being good in the film. I, I think he's great. I think he's great. It's a movie that the first time I saw it, I saw it on
0: Monday, uh, and I, I was like, actually, I, I didn't know whether I liked it or not. Uh, I watched it again before doing q and A Q&A with, with with Edward and Gugu this week for BAFTA, um, and I, uh, you know, actually going back and watching it a second time after seeing the first time, I, I do get a lot of things in there that I didn't pick up on the first time because I was following the narrative. Um, it's a very brave choice. It's a movie that only got made because uh, Toby Emmerich and uh, uh, the head of Warner Brothers and uh, and Bruce Willis got on board uh, it was made for a fraction of the mo- type of money that's spent on a Netflix movie he called in a lot of favors a lot of people did this because they wanted to work on this with Ed um, a lot of belief behind this where the audiences are going to get it, I don't know it's going
1: think... to be the second biggest flop of, for Warner Brothers yeah show. but I think it is <laughs> if, if you
0: if you want something that is very different that is very different to what is out there right now and you want something that will really introduce you to kind of 50s noir and stuff I think it's a really good a really good example of that uh, before we finish, yeah. um, I think a lot about be- Rama. He's oh. going to <laughs> no have. Sorry, do you get for it? I'll
2: make it quick. I I, I hated this film. I watched it. at... Uh...
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's a happy ending to the show, isn't it? sums up my week.
2: I watched it at Tiff, and I was struggling to stay awake. Um, well, but then again, you told me that you know maybe second time around might be you know yep. will be worth it. So I might give it another shot. But the first time watching it a TIFF, I felt like the story was rudderless. They went on detours and roundabouts, you know, before it makes its point. I know that Edward Norton was hugely entertaining, in my opinion, but then uh, his Tourette Syndrome performance got real old real fast, Fuck. so. <laughs> So, uh, there's a lot of, that I, I did not like the first time watching it, but maybe I'll give it another shot.
0: We'll I, see. I think it's worth revisiting. You still might also not like it. So I think probably four stars, three stars, and five Zs. <laughs> uh, uh, we were talking about Arnie movies before we finish. Uh, I just want to go... Uh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh, Kame Say, my top five Arnie movies. So five, Commando. Four, ki- uh, Kindergarten Cop. Three, Twins. Two, Predator. And one, True Lies. Uh, yes, Predator. T2, True Lies. T3, and Twins. That's not easy to say. Xeno, uh, opening scene didn't sit well with me. Uh, Total Rico, Total caught people saying uh, and also Xeno our T2 Predator Terminator True Lies Commando great to see that True Lies uh, the documentary uh, is making an appearance there because all of the stuff we did in that movie did actually happen in real life of course Uh, guys thank you so much indeed Uh, Rama uh, who are you where can we
1: find your work please
2: Yes, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ramascreen1, and follow me on Twitter at ramascreen.
1: Uh, Scott Menzel. You can find me over at weliveentertainment.com, or go to Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Uh, my name is Simon
0: Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who took part in the show today, to, to Rama, to Scott, and everybody in the chat. Uh, your feedback is always really appreciated. Remember, you can carry on the conversation in the comment section under YouTube, but if you can't uh, see us on YouTube, or, or just don't Want to, um, which is uh, fine. And uh, you listen to us on any other platform, please make sure that you leave a review and tell other people about Meet the Movie Press. We really appreciate it. Uh, I may be here next week. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I will. Um, I will. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Have a great weekend, everybody. And don't forget that Dolomite is his name, and fucking up motherfuckers is his game. <laughs> Check out my name is Dolomite on Netflix. Have a great weekend, weekend everybody. Take care. Be safe out there.